Amen. Thank you, Kylie. Grab a seat. Um, I'm actually excited about today, and I don't know why. I just got this sense that um, something might happen this morning. So hold on to your hats. Get ready. Uh, I'm not sure what that is, but God is here. Today's a new day. There's something that can happen today, and that's... I don't know, that's all I've got. So um, I'm going to get started with my message and we'll see what goes. So be excited. Um, so we've been talking a little bit about the do's, um, that God has invited us to know Jesus, to grow like him and share in his life, his true life. That um, the call of the gospel is to forget what's behind and press on to what's ahead and chase after Jesus. Um, if you can't run, to walk. If you can't walk, crawl. To get moving after Jesus and follow after him. And the theme of this story, series is about getting moving, about putting our heart and our soul into that call to come follow me. Uh, I just want to read to you um, from Philippians chapter 3 that we finished up with last week. Not that I've already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I don't consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too... God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Let's live up to what we've already attained. Take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. Press on and become the people that in Christ Jesus we're called to be. That's the invitation before us. Let's press on into Jesus. That's the challenge that we're taking up this year. We won't just come here to Jesus, and then go home. We will practically, determinedly follow after him. We'll be responsive. We will seek him out and chase after him and grow to be like him. That's where we're going. Hopefully, you're already on board with that. Um, hopefully, you're in. But maybe you're grappling with the how. Like, okay, I want to follow Jesus. How do I do that? That's, um, that's what we're going to be learning this morning. So um, I, I want to read to you again from Hebrews, which Kylie read just a minute ago at the start. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, who the pioneer and perfecter of our faith for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand on the of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Um, we're going to be teasing out those ideas of uh, running with perseverance, fixing our eyes on Jesus, throwing off the things that hinder and surrounding ourselves with a great cloud of witnesses. But before I get to that, I just want to flag the very last verse 
of this section. Consider Jesus and what he endured so you won't grow weary and lose heart. Uh, We're halfway through February already. Uh, Many of you are already feeling feeling weary. (laughs) I don't know if you feel it. Um, my, My message this morning is a fairly challenging one. It's about getting fired up and getting moving. But um, it isn't one without understanding. For most of you, there is a lot of pressure at the moment. Uh, You're establishing your career, your family, your home. Uh, I just uh, saw Josh Brinkley this morning. (laughs) He's got three three young kids. He looks like he's been through the ringer this morning. There is stress and anxiety that we are facing, all of us, and it's only February. (laughs) Um, We are in the midst of all of that. There is more to think about than you have brain space for, for most of you. Um, There is stress and anxiety, maybe fear and shame, or simply weariness and frustration. You're like, how much longer (laughs) is this going to go on for? And in the midst of that, what I am adding on top is a challenge to follow really hard after Jesus. To say, in the midst of all of that, fire up and follow after Jesus. And I just want to acknowledge that reality, that that is what's going on. And uh, I want to say, don't grow weary and lose heart. This is too important to not work through it and work out how to do this. Um, Now is the time when, actually, it's a time when you need to dig deep. It's the time when you need to realise that that pressure isn't going anywhere. It's, there's no magical time when things are going to be easier and you can just follow Jesus nicely. Now is the time to say, okay, in the midst of life, in the midst of pressure, how do I follow Jesus well? How do I sort things out? The pressure's not going anywhere, so how do I organise my life in such a way that I can follow hard after Jesus in the reality that I'm in? That's the call to us. Jesus says, come follow me. Come and learn from me how to live life. And he wants you to learn how to live life now, here. That's what we're talking about this morning. Um, I've run one marathon in my life. I don't talk about it too much, I don't think. I don't think I'll actually do another one. I feel like I've ticked that goal off. It was hard work. I finished. I got the time I was aiming for. Last year, my mate that I ran with, he got like a minute better than me and that's niggling the back of my mind, but I don't think I'll do it again. To run uh, the marathon that I did run, I needed a lot of help. Um, A mate of mine trained together in the lead up. We had a plan. We had a goal. Um, on the day we ran with a pacer, I don't know if I've got a photo here. Yeah, you can see me in that photo looking very excited at the start of the race. I only just made it to the start line. Um, but you can also see a red balloon. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, events like this, they often have pacers. So these are kind of experienced runners who run at a consistent pace to get you across the line in the time that you're aiming for. They have a helium balloon tied to them so that you can find them. It's pretty funny. Um, And what happens is they will set off and they 
are really good at just pacing themselves out. And our group will form around them. Uh, we had about 30 of us all running to finish the race in four hours. And they talk about it as like getting on the bus. They say, come and, come and get on the four-hour bus. And there's just a group of people that forms and you join in with them and they just pull you along. Um, a marathon is 42.2 kilometers long. It's the point two that gets you. Um, interesting fact, it's the distance between Athens and the city of Marathon. There was an important battle there and they sent a runner back to tell the good news that they'd won and that's how the marathon started. Um, for the first 30 kilometers or so that you're running, you feel pretty good. Uh, you chat with people around you, you're just doing your thing, you don't think about it too much, you make jokes. Around 36Ks though, things get pretty tough. That's when you hit the wall. Your body tells you, I can't go any further. Um, and around that time, our pacer, Barry, he was an absolute champion. I don't know how old he was, he was about 60. Um, I saw him after the race running home. <laughs> He was a legend. Um, so around 36 kilometres, he came alongside people and he just started to talk in their ears. He was saying, this is a time when your body will tell you to stop. Tell it no. You can actually do more than your body thinks it can. You can still do it. You've set the foundation. This is a time to bring it home. Um, you've got this. You can do it. Um, you've trained for this. Let's keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. And you just run around and chat to people about that. It was so helpful having the wisdom and example and encouragement of someone who had done this before. They, they know how you feel. They get it. They're there with you. But they also know that you can push through. You can do this. You can do more than you think you can in that moment. Um, Barry the pacer got me home. I, I don't think I would have finished... Uh, the next couple of kilometres without him. Um, I tell you this because maybe you're in a place where you feel like you're hitting the limits. I, I get how you feel. Trust me, I, I understand. <laughs> I get what life can be like and the press, pressures. I want to encourage you, again, this is not the time to be backing off from following after Jesus. This is the place to push in to dig deep, to sort things out. This is when things get real and the foundation that you laid, you need to start bringing home. You can do it. Jesus has gone ahead of us. That's that line. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He has gone ahead of us. He has done it. And he comes alongside us and says, come with me, I'll bring you home. Even if you feel like you're struggling, even if you feel like you're not doing it, come with me, you can do this. Let's go. Don't lose heart. Following after him, life, the life that Jesus brings, is too important to give up on, even if things are tough. Um, I, I just had this thought this morning. Uh, it wasn't originally in my sermon, but do you know the difference between the crowds in the Gospels and the disciples? Here's, here's what, I, what I've observed, I think. The crowds were always reassessing their relationship with Jesus. Uh, we will follow you and we will listen to you, 
unless it's hard or we don't understand what you're saying or if we think you're being unrealistic or if we disagree with what you're saying. We'll, we'll, we'll come near and we'll listen, but if something challenges us, we're out. But the disciples, they were in. They understood who Jesus was and they got to points where they didn't understand, where it was hard, where they weren't sure what was going on. And they, their response was, Jesus, we don't get it, but you have the words of eternal life and we're with you and we're going to go with you. We're in. Do you know, Jesus wants to do big things in you and through you, hard things, things that you might not think you can do, things that you might not understand fully yet. If he does that, if he takes you to that place, will you follow him? Will you be a disciple or will you be like the crowd that says, actually, I can't do this, this is too hard, I don't understand, so I'm out. Um, Jesus went to his hometown once and it says uh, he wasn't able to do much there because no one trusted him enough to allow him to do big things. I wonder if we're going to trust Jesus to do big things. All right, let's get into it. I've alliterated my message this morning so you know it's um, true and good. Uh, We are going to look at preparation getting rid of the things that are hindering us. We're going to look at the prize, keeping our eyes focused on the goal, and we're also going to look at plans, how to follow Jesus in practice, how to put it into practice. Um, A mate of mine, Matt, he ran a 50-kilometer race, so he's uh, gone better than me. He actually ran it with Andrew Gatenbeek. This was back in the day. On race day, he got up, and he decided that he needed a sports drink to take with him on this big run that he was doing from, like, the beach up to Mount Lofty. But he decided to mix up his own sports drink. So what he did was he got some cordial, he got some table salt, and he mixed it in because, you know, you need salts in your sports drink, and then he called it a day. He's like, that'll do it. He ran 50 kilometres basically drinking seawater. He was not in a good way. <laughs> About halfway in, he was vomiting. He was, he was out. He couldn't finish the race. Um, Hebrews tells us, uh, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. What it's saying to us is, don't get yourself caught up in things that are destructive while you're trying to follow Jesus. Don't get tangled up in sin. Sometimes life is hard and we need to push through because God is calling us to do that. But often, life is hard because we are sucking in something that we shouldn't be. Um, If you're struggling at the moment, it may be that uh, there is something in your life that has been hindering you and needs to be dealt with. Possibly it's something that's been there for a while and it's getting to the point where it's like, okay, now's the time where we need to deal with this thing that is hindering you and getting in the way. Um, maybe it's holding on to things that are destructive. Maybe it's idolizing 
and chasing after things that do not satisfy. Maybe it's um, an unhealthy drive for success or perfectionism. Maybe it's an unrealistic hope or pride or laziness or stubbornness. I actually have a hint, I have an inkling that for many of us, stubbornness is an issue. I know it is for me. Maybe it's a lack of trust. We don't want to follow after Jesus because we don't trust him to know better than we do. Um, Can I say a real canary in the coal mine on this? A real indicator that there is something there that you are holding on to, that there is something that is entangling you, that is hindering you, is your relationship with God. If you are avoiding God... If you're avoiding him at the moment, it's a pretty clear sign that there is something that you are hanging on to that God wants to set you free from. And it may scare the pants off you to allow him to speak into that. But he is good and he is faithful. Um, If you're struggling or aren't in a great way right now, it may be that God is trying to tell you something. It may be that you're trying to run a race while you're drinking seawater. Nothing's going wrong except for what you're taking in. Let me, let me keep reading, and um, th- I'd like to encourage you. This is the attitude we should take in those place. In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. And have you completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, My son, don't make light of the Lord's discipline and don't lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone who he accepts as as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. Moreover, we all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our own good in order that we might share his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however... It produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet, so that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Don't lose heart. God loves you enough to call you out on the things that are destructive. Um, He is disciplining you for good. It's often unpleasant, but don't avoid it. Um, On the other side of it is a harvest of righteousness and peace, and God will lead you there if you will let him. Whatever you're holding on to, whatever that thing that you're avoiding God on, bring it to Jesus. He will sift it. He'll shine a light on it. He will make it clear to you the ways in which you are deceiving yourself. And he will teach you his ways.
he will transform that situation. Uh, if God is speaking to you about something particularly right now, and I hope he is, can I encourage you to pay attention to that? Whatever that is, pay attention to it. Write it down. Um, last week we wrote down something that we wanted to sing God's promise of victory over. Write down what it is you're avoiding God on. We're going to sing that song again in a minute, and I encourage you to keep that in mind as we're singing it. But um, please also talk to someone about it. If, if there is an issue in your life where something is hindering you or where you're avoiding God, talk to someone else in this community around us. There is a barrier here. Someone who has gone through and worked through what God is calling you to work through, who can come alongside you and say, you got this, keep up. I know you feel like not going on, but you'll get through this. Come follow me. You can do it. We can bring this home. All right. Let me keep reading through Hebrews. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So we prepare, we throw off sin, we deal with the things that are hindering us, then we fix our eyes upon Jesus. Vision is so important. What you pay attention to determines your trajectory. Um, When I was running the marathon, I love being able to talk about this. (laughs) Thank you for indulging me. The three things that kept me going for like 40 kilometers were the idea of eating a bacon and egg roll, having a good coffee, and the thought of running into the stadium and seeing my family. For 40 kilometers, they were the three things that kept me going. Um, The first 40 kilometers of the marathon were harder than the last two. Do you know why? Because in the last two, I could see the goal. I could see what I was actually running towards. For the first 40, I had to just keep that in mind and keep heading towards it. That is what Paul calls us to do, to focus our minds, focus our vision on the goal, to not focus on the hardship, not focus on the frustration, not focus on the, how we feel about keeping on going, but to focus our go- eyes on what we're heading towards. This is what he says in 2 Corinthians. He says, We do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away. I, I relate to that uh, with the running of the marathon, not just in life in general. Thanks, Steph. <laughs> Steph thinks I'm over the hill already. All right. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but is what, what, on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. I just have a film clip, a video clip for you from a movie that captures something of what it means 
to focus not on the hardship around us, but on the goal ahead of us. Thanks, Darren. So, Coach, how strong is Westview this year? A lot stronger than we are. You already written Friday night down as a loss, Brock? Well, not if I knew we could beat them. Come here, Brock. You too, Jeremy. What, am I in trouble now? Not yet. I want to see you do the death crawl again, except I want to see your absolute best. <laughs> what, you want me to go to the 30? I think you can go to the 50. The 50? I can go to the 50 if nobody's on my back. I think you can do it with Jeremy on your back. But even if you can, I want you to promise me you're going to do your best. All right. Your best. Okay. You going to give me your best? I'm going to give you my best. All right, one more thing. I want you to do it blindfolded. Why? Because I want you giving up at a certain point when you can go further. Get down. Jeremy, get on his back. Get a good tight hold, Jeremy. All right. Let's go, Brock. Keep your knees off the ground. Just your hands and feet. There you go. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go. Show me good effort. That way, Brock. You keep coming. There you go. It's a good start. A little bit left. A little bit left. There you go, Brock. Good strength. That's it, Brock. That's it. Not the 20 yet? Forget the 20. You give me your best. You keep going. That's it. No, don't stop, Brock. You got more in you than that. Hey, done. Just rest in a second. You gotta keep moving. Let's keep moving. Let's go. Don't quit till you got nothing left. There you go. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Your very best. Your very best. Your very best. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. Don't quit on me. Keep going. Keep driving it. Keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. That's it. Your very best. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. That's it. You keep driving. Keep your knees off the ground. Keep driving it. Don't quit till you got nothing left. Keep moving, Brock. That's it. That's it. That's it. Keep going. I want everything you got. Come on. Keep going. It hurts. Don't quit on me. Your very best. Keep driving. Keep driving. There you go. There you go. He's heavy. I know he's heavy. I'm bad out of strength. Then you negotiate with your body to find more strength, but don't you give up on me, Brock. You keep going, you hear me? You keep going. You're doing good. You keep going. Do not quit on me. You keep going. It hurts. I know it hurts. You keep going. You keep going. It's all hard from here. 30 more steps. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Keep going. Burn. And let it burn. It's so hard. You keep going, Brock. Come on. Come on. Keep going. You promised me your back. Your back.
player on this team. If you walk around defeated, so will they. Oh, tell me you can't give me more than what I've been seeing. You just carried a 140-pound man across this whole field on your arms. Brock, I need you. God's gifted you with the ability of leadership. Don't waste it. Coach? Can I count on you? Yes. What is it, Jeremy? I wear 160. kind of need to know what feet and pounds are, but that was uh, a long way. <laughs> um, the question that scene raises for me is this. What is my focus on? What voice am I listening to? I, I love that teachable moment where it's like, no, don't, don't think that you're already defeated. F- focus. Um, Listen to me, and we can do things that you don't even know that you can do. Attitude and vision are critical. That that was like the turning point in the movie for that whole team. It's like, okay, we can do something. It was a turning point for that guy. Okay, I can lead. I can set the example. I can go out and have the attitude that says we can do this. Um. There is a verse in the Bible that says that people perish for a lack of vision. When we let our vision come down to what's around us, the fears and the frustrations, rather than lifting up our eyes onto the God who transforms heaven and earth, we perish. But if we can lift up our eyes, if we can see the goodness and the power and the victory of God, then things change. Uh, we have a bit of a problem here in this church, actually, uh, that I just want to call out. See, we want to be down to earth. We want to be real with each other. And uh, being down to earth and being real are good things. But the trouble is, often the easiest way to be down to earth and be real is by being cynical or self-effacing. Saying, oh yeah, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm struggling with. It's to kind of acknowledge the reality that's around us. And if you just acknowledge the reality without lifting up your eyes and focusing on the vision that God is a God who reigns, who redeems, who transforms, who's called us to something, that's very destructive. There is a God who is living and active and will complete his work in us. We can be honest about where we're at, but we also need to be really clear on where we are going, what we are heading towards. 
that God is good and faithful and he will lead us home. Whatever we are facing, he has the power to overcome and he is already in the process of doing that. If we will just follow after him. That's what our focus needs to be on. So, question for you. There's lots of questions for you this morning. I'm not going to get you to shout out, but I'd love you to, like I said, write it down, think about it, chat to someone about it. What are you focusing on right now? Where's your focus? And what would it take for you to lift up your eyes, to focus on what Jesus is calling to you to, and give it your absolute best, give it your all? All right, let me finish up. Don't you know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I don't run like someone running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I, um, I hope you're fired up this morning. I hope there are things that are going off already where you're inspired to follow after Jesus. You're like, I need to deal with this. Or I need to lift up my eyes and get moving. I hope you've got a sense of that. I hope the Spirit of God has made something really clear to you. Like I said, I have a sense that God is going to do something this morning. But, let me tell you from experience, that's all you have, just a sense of what needs to change. Not a lot's going to happen. You also need a plan. There is... um, We need to be specific about what God is going to do, what he's called us to, and how we're going to do it. Uh, Anton de Saint-Esprit, who wrote The Little Prince, said, a goal without a plan is just a wish. I love that. Benjamin Franklin, and a few others actually, have said very similar things, said, by failing to prepare, you're preparing to fail. Don't run aimlessly, as Paul talks about. He says, I preach the gospel to people. I tell them about Jesus, but I, in my own life, I don't run aimlessly. I run in such a way as to get the prize. Um, Those things that God has brought to mind for you this morning, those things that are hindering you, those things that you need to focus on, that influence you need to get out of your life, how are you going to do that? How are you actually going to do that? What is the very next step for you? How can you build habits that will lead you on? How can you spend more time um, listening to and serving Jesus? Like, um, when, when I set out to run a marathon, you can't run a marathon just because you decide to. <laughs> uh, you can't do it. You have to train. You go, okay, that's my goal. How am I going to get there? I'm going to get there by running one kilometre. And then I'm going to run two. <laughs> I'm going to, I had a mate who just set a plan for us and we followed that plan. It was great. 
Because once we had the plan, we didn't have to think about it anymore. We just got up and we did what was on the plan. I, my mate came up with it, so I just rocked up at the time and place when he told me what we were doing. I'm like, great. I just ran with him. It was excellent. So what is your plan? To follow Jesus, to deal with what you need to deal with. You haven't done this before, but there are people around you who have, so talk to them about it. In your small group, people around you, talk to me, someone from the leadership team. I would love to chat to you about how you can follow Jesus well, how you can deal with sin in your life. Uh, I talked to our small group leaders last week. All of them are people who have followed after Jesus and dealt with sin in their lives, who have done some of this. We've still got way to go. We're not finished yet. But we've learned how to do this and we can help you. Um, Next week, I'm going to be talking more about this place as well, our plans together as a community, um, how we are going to wholeheartedly seek God together, the things that we're going to put in place together, the practices, the, the activities, our plans to make a difference in the world. I'd love you to come and hear about that. It's kind of like talking about the game plan. You, you need to be part of that. But don't miss this morning what God is saying to you personally. Don't glimpse something and then go away and forget it. Own it, talk to someone about it, then make a plan and put it into practice. Um, I can't say this man's name. Itawa Koyinakan, he's an African man. He said, acquiring wisdom is great, but it's not the goal. Applying it is. I love that. Acquiring wisdom is great, but it's not the goal. Applying it is. What wisdom does God want you to apply in your life? Let's do it, and let's chase after him wholeheartedly. I'm going to pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you, and we humbly recognize that we have fallen short. Thank you for your grace. Thank you that you come alongside us, that you spare us on. You call us to forget what is behind and push on to what is ahead. Lord Jesus, we long to have the life that you give. You alone have the things that satisfy. Uh, When it's difficult, when we're unsure, when we don't know what the next step is, we wait upon you. I pray that in this space that we're in this morning, you would inspire us, you would speak to us, You would remind us of the things that you've just brought to mind and that they wouldn't stay as just idle thoughts, but we would put plans in place, that we would seek after you, that we would see your righteousness and your holiness and your peace in our lives and that the world would see it in us. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would do great things in us, things that we can't even conceive of yet. And I thank you that this is your good purpose. In Jesus' name, amen.